if you're visiting with us for the first time today, we're kind of in the middle of a very short series that we're doing for the month of December called The Thrill of Hope, as you can see behind me. And we're, I, think, I think if ever we've needed hope, like this is probably a good time of our lives where we are needing a bit of hope. And um, I really just want to share quite literally for a few minutes, maybe 10 minutes max, um, on what I believe is genuinely the greatest gift that has ever been given to us. And if you've been around church for a while or if you've been around Christians for a while, you might, you might uh, have an assumption of what that means. I think a lot of the time people uh, make reference to the idea of salvation or what Jesus did at the cross um, or the fact that our sins have been forgiven and that we now you know, have, have, have the opportunity to actually live out the original purpose and plan that God has for our lives. And, and none of that is wrong. So that's not incorrect. Um, I just think it's incomplete. And sometimes, stick with me in case you think I'm preaching heresy, just hold on, You'll, it'll make sense in a moment. Um, I think sometimes, and, and, and I, I'm saying this personally, maybe not you, but, but often uh, in my life, in my journey with God, very often I have focused my appreciation on, on what He has saved me from. And there's been a little bit of what He saved me too, but, but, but a lot of like, thank you God that you saved me from, and thank you that like, okay, like, like we're safe, almost, you know? Um, and I think what happens with a lot of Christians, if you even ask them to explain what we call the gospel, the story of, of God and, and forgiveness, um, very often they are, they're tempted to start with sin or to start with the fall. Or put another way, to start in Genesis 3, where, where Adam and Eve fell and we've been falling ever since then. Um, but I want to just remind you for a moment that actually there was a Genesis 1 and 2 before there was a Genesis 3. There was a relationship with God before there was a fall. And so even though the fall is a part of it, and that is why Jesus came, it's, it's all because of the greatest gift, which is actually a relationship with God. The greatest gift that is made available to us and, and continues to be made available to every single person that is still breathing this side of eternity is a relationship with God. Matthew 1 verse 23, we'll read it together in a moment, just to give you some background. This is, this is an angel who is speaking to Joseph, the, the soon-to-be husband of Mary. So he's betrothed to be married to Mary, right? They're engaged, and he's found out that she's pregnant. Just so you know, that's awkward back then. Like, now that wouldn't be an issue, really, if we're honest. But, but back then, that was like, what? Now you've got an angel who's coming to you and saying, it's okay, don't worry about it, Joseph. Uh, it, it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, basically conceived a baby in her. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be a little bit nervous, all right? If I thought I was having a dream, if I thought, if I thought an angel was speaking to me, my first thought wouldn't be, great. My first thought would be, what did I eat? What did I drink? Did someone spike something? I need to go to a psychiatrist and, and a psychologist and, and maybe go upstairs for a bit. You know, I, like, like, something's wrong with this picture, right? But Joseph, I mean, what does it say about Joseph that he was even open to thinking that far outside the box? Just, just side note, during this chaotic pandemic what if God wants to do some stuff outside of the box what 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 if even though his plan is not for people to be suffering and dying but 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 what if he wants to work some of it for good and where he wants to work outside of the box I think too often we put God into the box and so we actually miss some of the stuff that he wants to do in us and through us so it's in this conversation that the angel's having with Joseph that he says the following, what is recorded in one verse. Matthew 1, verse 23. Look, he says, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Don't miss this, which means God is with us. I just want to get you to pause there for a moment. I want to encourage you to try and, and switch off to any potential distractions. 
whether it's mental, whether it's on your device, whether it's the, the person next to you, I want you to think, like, let this sink in for a moment. One of the many names given to Jesus is God with us. Guys, that's a big deal. One of the reasons that Jesus came and, and allowed himself to be forced into the limitations of the world that he created, so he was, a part of, he, was, he was there at creation, was so that he could reflect God to us and be with us. And I think that that doesn't have anywhere near the effect on us that it should have on us. To think that the creator of the universe, the God of the universe, actually wants to be with us. The greatest gift that I believe we get to remember and celebrate at Christmas is that we have a God who actually wants to be with us. I got a little bit lost on a hike last weekend. It wasn't planned, hence the word lost. I, I was going on the contour path of Table Mountain, trying to get to Constantia Neck, never been there before, I didn't get there last, Sunday, uh, last Saturday. I, I, I landed up, I thought I was following the path, I mean, I was following the path. I still don't know what happened. I've got to go back and figure out how I, I got this wrong. But I landed up climbing up, quite literally, Nursery Ravine, for those of you that have been up there, thinking that I'm, that I'm obviously on the track to Constantia Until I've been climbing for like 45 minutes. And I'm tired. Like, I, that wasn't my plan. I thought I was going to be walking. I'm like, like lunging for 45 minutes. I need to discover, no, you're on Nursery Ravine. Oh, I'm now I'm thinking, I've been lunging for a long time. I must be close. He's like, yeah, about halfway. I was like, you must be, but now by then I put in so much effort. I'm not going back down. I'm not wasting this trip, right? Like I've already put a lot of effort into getting to this point. I'm gonna, I don't know where I'm going once I get to the top, but I'm getting to the top and then I'll figure it out from there. Anyone else like that? Like you've started, you've suffered, like you, you, want, you want the prize, right? Okay. That's got nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you. It's just to say that I had quite a few hours of solitude, all right, which, which I really enjoy. I, I probably feel closest and least rushed with God out on a hike by myself where I can just just be and I just had such an overwhelming sense and I, and I, I hope I can articulate this correctly but such an overwhelming sense that so much of our human nature our tendency and temptation is to want to push past the limits of time we want to get so much done so, so we, we, we be, I mean, we're amazing. Us humans, we're amazing at what we can do for ourselves through caffeine, electricity, light, technology. Like, we don't need God, really. Like, like we can keep ourselves busy and stimulated and all the rest, right? And so we, we want to keep finding ways to push past the limits of time. Yet, we have a Savior, which means that Jesus died on our behalf, a rescuer, a, a ransom, someone who, who took our place. We have a Savior who was outside of time, Think about this. So he wasn't limited by time, but he was willing to be limited by time in order to be present with us. And the greatest obstacle to us being present with God is that we keep trying to live outside of time. And this Christmas, I want to tell you that the greatest offer of hope is that he wants to be with us. God with us us. He, he, he threw off the freedom of not being bound by time to be bound by time in order to be present with us. I want to encourage you to slow down enough to catch up to God and to be present with Him. It is the greatest gift. And it's not a one-sort gift. It is where our hearts are meant to find their home. So when we talk about, maybe, you, again, maybe you're familiar with the Bible, maybe you're familiar with 
the book of John chapter 15 where it talks about abiding in Jesus. That word abiding means, or comes from the word abode, which means home, right? It, he's saying, make your home in him. Like, let that be the, the home for your heart. And I'm saying that the only way for that to happen, I believe, I'm convinced, is if we will slow down and be present. Even right now, it's hard for some of us to actually, I mean, I mean, we're physically here and it's hard for us to be here. We're physically here and it's hard for us not to be thinking about the future. So I believe practically speaking, there are three things that we can do very quickly and that is to respond, reflect, sorry, recognize, reflect, and respond to the presence of Jesus. In terms of recognizing, take a look at what it says in John chapter 1 verse 10. So, so you, you heard some readings from the beginning of the book of Luke just now. These are the four biographies of Jesus, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, so you heard a little bit from Luke earlier with Rasa and Tuddy. I've just read from Matthew chapter 1. Now John chapter 1 also starts off by saying in verse 10, he came into the world, into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. I am thoroughly convinced that God is far more present with us than what we even realize. I think, that he is, I think that he is reaching out to us far more than what we even want him to reach out to us. You hardly ever have to pray for him to be present with you. No, no, God, help. I can't tell you how often I'm praying. God, help me to be present with you. Help us to be present with you. Help, help us to recognize your presence in our lives. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase, the message puts that verse like this. He says, he was in the world. The world was there through him. And yet the world didn't even notice. I just want to encourage you to slow down enough to notice the creator of the universe who is with us. He wants to be present with us. I like this statement. I created it, so I like it. Are we making our home in fantasy, the future, or our heavenly father? I'll explain to you what I mean by that. So again, I'm busy listening to another audiobook the other day while I was walking, and, and, and just the way this guy described how tempting it is for us to, to live vicariously through media, through series, movies. And by the way, I love that. Listen, my brain is always going, so I love just switching on my brain and watching something that I enjoy. I love it. But I've got to be careful that I don't live vicariously through even a good story. So I can fantasize. I can, I can live in a... Fa I can make my heart find a home in fantasy or I think another temptation is for us to constantly live in the future I think the hardest place for anyone to live is in the present we can look back and regret or overindulge in what we think was the past or we can over you know beat ourselves up about the past it's 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 very tempting to live you know fantastically through the future to be present the only place you're going to meet God is in the present you're not going to meet him in the future. I mean, you are, but you know what I mean. You're not, right now, I'm not meeting him in my future. He's, he's available to me here. He's not going to, he might be meeting someone else through their story, but, but he wants to meet me in my story. That's why, that's why I've often said that when we get honest with God, we're the only ones that are surprised. God wants to be real with us. God wants to be honest. God already knows everything. Like, like when we finally get present with God, it's like, that's, that's amazing. I've been waiting. Like, Welcome. It's not, by the way, even that, think about his posture. It's like a, it's welcome. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. By the way, just side note, when we mess up, your subconscious probably tells you instinctively that God's response is probably like, Argh! I think it's more like a, oh, like I have better for you. 
when we realize that that's the heart of the God. Now, does it care about sin? Yes. Is it just because it makes us dirty? No, because it draws us away from Him. He wants to be with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. The thrill of hope this Christmas season is that He is Emmanuel, God with us. He came out of the unlimited, like living outside of time, to come into the limitation of time, to be present with us. Will we be present with Him? We have to recognize, notice. Secondly, we have to reflect. We have to actually reflect. I said earlier that we need to slow down enough to catch up with Jesus. I want to encourage you, maybe, maybe even just experiment with this for the next few weeks, where like just daily, whether it's for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. Maybe when you go to bed, just some spiritual directors would call this the prayer of examine, where you just, where you try and reflect on the last 24 hours, and you're trying to reflect, well, God, where were you present with me? Where were you trying to get my attention through a meeting, through a conflict, through through that thing that irritated me or through that or through that conversation god where guys we need to reflect and become so much more aware of his presence in our lives that's why you've heard it said that if the devil can't make you bad he'll make you busy because it it achieves the exact same effect he distracts you from his presence when when we will slow down enough to reflect and be present we can see what God is trying to do. And, and when we slow down enough, we realize that actually God is not trying to shame. He's not trying to condemn. He's not trying to destroy us. He's actually trying to invite us into, into life. I don't know about you. I feel like I've found life even just this morning. I'm telling you, I'm leaving here today feeling like I've, like I've drunken from a life-giving fountain. I mean, I felt a cake coming in this morning. I wasn't feeling bad, but I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so grateful I get to be here three times now. I'm just telling you, like I've enjoyed this worship. Like, like it's life, guys. When we come to God, we find life. So reflect on his presence. And lastly, is just like respond. We can be aware. We can even care. But if we don't respond, like, like he invites us to life. I have to respond and move towards life. I have to keep doing the next right thing that I know to do. Last verse is John 1 verse 12. Again, the message paraphrase. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. I think, I actually get goosebumps when I think about this. I think the single greatest, so besides busyness, I think the single greatest plan of the enemy is to attack you and me when it comes to our identity. Like, I don't know, maybe next year we'll, we'll do a series, like, I'm, I'm so burdened. Like the Bible actually calls him the accuser. That's actually what Satan means, by the way. Satan or Satan means accuser. Am I right, Moffat? It means the accuser. That's all he does. He just tries to accuse, 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 discourage, distract, just accuse, accuse. No, no, let's, let's respond to the love of God. He made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. There's a true self. If you're experiencing pain, frustration, tension, chaos right now, there's a pretty good chance that part of that has to do with the violence that we do to our souls when we keep living outside of who God's made us to be. When we keep living according to a different identity that the world is trying to dictate to us, that that media is trying to define for us, that maybe even those around you are trying to put onto you. No, who has God... By the way, I don't even care who you think you're meant to be. 
I don't mean to disrespect you. I'm saying, who's God made you to be? Who's God made you to be? That's where you will find life. So we need to respond. We need to recognize, we need to reflect, and we need to respond. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name, this Christmas season, would you please help us to be present with you? Thank you that you are already present with us. Thank you that you are God with us. That doesn't change. God, it's crazy to think that there is nothing that we can do to make you love us less. God, it's, it messes with our heads to even begin to think that it's impossible for you not to love us. It's impossible for you not to love us. Lord, would you help people just let that truth sink in for a moment? It's impossible for you not to love us. You love us. But Lord, we have a choice as to whether or not we will love you, whether or not we will respond to your kindness, whether or not we will respond to your love, whether or not we will respond to your invitation to relationship. You've done everything you can. Jesus, you paid the highest price already, laying down your life literally. Lord, in this moment, please help every one of us to stop thinking about someone else or something else. Help us to be present for just, just for a few moments and to reflect for a moment. Are we loving you back? Are we being present with you? Are we allowing, are we allowing you to extend your invitation to us? Into whatever that next, God, I'm, I'm especially thinking of people that have been, that have been on, a, on a road with you for years. God, help us not to become complacent. Help us not to allow the accuser to distract and discourage us. God, would you help us to sense your voice, to sense your invitation calling us to whatever's next. Lord, would you give us courage? When it's terrifying, give us courage. Lord, when it's out of our comfort zone, we feel like we're putting on a bigger jacket, God, give us courage. When we don't know how it's all gonna end up, would you give us courage? Lord, for people that have been on this road for a long time, that have gotten bored out of their minds, Lord, would you help them to recognize that actually we've stepped off of the narrow path of your vision, your plan, your strategy, and that it is an adventure. It is life-giving. It is only filled with life. And Father, for others that might not even be in a relationship with you, would you help them to sense you knocking on the door of their hearts? Make them aware that they're the only ones that can open that door. You won't push that door open. You won't kick it in. You're not part of the SWAT team. You're, you're knocking. You're polite. You're extending an invitation. So Father, for people that are wanting to say yes to you, to open that door, to welcome you into their life, God, would you help them to do so clearly, boldly, consciously. Lord, that they would remember today, December 20th, 2020, weirdest year of their lives, that they would remember that today they said yes to Jesus and asked you to come into their lives and to take over the leadership. Help them to accept your forgiveness of sins. Help them to, to genuinely believe that you have washed them completely clean. And help them to take their next step and then to take their next and their next and their next. Help them to persevere. Help them to endure. Help them to keep choosing you. Help them to keep saying yes to your invitation. Lord, we thank you that you are God with us and that we get to experience the greatest gift ever, your presence. 